Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now. Royal Pizza has been a uh, advertiser and supporter of Oilers Now for the last, uh, well, this is year 11 on Chorus on Chet, all 11 years here. Royal Pizza, Pizza Past, and so much more. Royal Pizza is Edmonton-owned and operated for over 50 years. It's old-school, big-boy pizza. Everything's real at Royal. None of that synthetic crap that you get on some uh, pizza places in town. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staff recommendation at Royal Pizza's the Mediterranean Chicken. Reed Wilkins likes the meat lovers. Brendan Escott, well, he's a fan of the Houston Texans. Uh, he he likes the Texans. I just got to read this text from Cold Laker now in the jaw. So you want all seven teams in Canada to make the playoffs. Good stuff. Shows how truly magnanimous you are. Which would you prefer? Only six teams in the Oilers miss? Or... Only the Oilers get in and the others miss from Cold Laker now in the jaw. Well, that's a look. I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. I, I want the Oilers in the playoffs every year. I'm just saying, I'd rather see. I got a soft spot for uh, LA because of Todd McClellan. Like, he's just. Todd was a really, really good guy to deal with, which is not to say that Dallas Akins wasn't in Anaheim. But uh, I'd like to see Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and LA make the playoffs in the Pacific Division. So maybe it's wishful thinking. I would like to see Winnipeg bounce back, and I, I think they will. Uh, they have big changes with their coaching staff. They've had a lot of the same people together for several years. Uh, can Ottawa get in the playoffs? Maybe. I think Montreal's going to be exciting to watch. I fully expect the Maple Leafs to make the playoffs. They're going to be in the playoffs this year as well. Well, he... Uh, he is a man of many talents and might be you're, – you're like the utilitary or the, uh, utility player in baseball right now, Brendan Escott. They have you doing everything. I mean, you're, you're, you assist in producing the, our show, Oilers Now. You're now hosting Elks pre- and post-game. You're all over the sports cast after 2 o'clock each day for four hours in the afternoon drive. What else they got you doing right now, man? <laughs> uh, other than that, I just try and mix in a little relaxation, some time on the bike, whether it's indoors or outdoors or whatever. And you just kind of, we're in the toy box, Bob. I, I know I don't need to tell you that. So yeah. my hobby happens to involve me coming to work yeah. every day. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> By the way, and I know we, I, I bumped into your uh, girlfriend's mom last night yeah. or yesterday around 4 o'clock at the... Uh, uh, Blackhawk uh, Golf and Country Club for the Special Olympics Golf Tournament. It was, it was great seeing a very nice lady. So there you go. Happy to uh, happy to report. Yeah, there, <laughs> there you go. Small world, eh? and I and very I probably had. I, you know who I saw there? I saw Jay Hamilton, who played with the uh, Edmonton Eskimos '96 to '98. He was a running back and uh, played at the U of A. Real real good guy. And his brother was like a finalist. Uh, for one of those, uh, for the Canadian, the voice, like he was a, I think, I think it was the voice or what, whatever the first one was that they had in Canada in like 2002 or 2000, 
Got Talent or The Voice or Canadian Idol? Oh, sorry, it was it was Idol. It was, was it? Canadian okay, Idol. There you go. Yeah, they they had Canadian Idol, and he was like a top eight guy on that show. So. Jeez. You know, small world, eh? Yeah. So I uh, saw a bunch of people out there yesterday. It was good. Uh, all right. Hey, just this show is called Oilers Now. We'll get to the uh, the Elks in a second here. Do you see all three Canadian Pacific Division teams making the playoffs? We had this conversation with Spec. I think Vancouver is going to be in a lot of trouble to get there just really? because of of the respect that I garnered for Los Angeles out of that series last year. I think that they're, I mean, maybe they've got to have some health things, you know, stay healthy. And that means Drew Doughty's got to stay healthy and so does Kopitar late in his career. But if they do that, they've added some nice pieces, Fiala there, so I, I've got them penciled in. You've got to figure goaltending provided that Vegas is a contender too. So I just, you know, I think Vancouver might have a, a tougher time putting it all together. I'd love to see them there. I really would, but I, I just think that they might get a push even from Anaheim too. That might be a tough one. Yeah, uh, it's interesting with LA and I've been reminded of it a couple times over the last six weeks. Edmonton, I mean, no Drew Doughty. And Victor Arvidsson got knocked out of that series as well. And I mean, he was a pretty good player for them. And so they're going to have those two guys back. Byfield, if I was to, to predict a player to take a step forward this year, Quentin Byfield would be one of the guys out of L.A. I, I think L.A. is a playoff team all day. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a, Edmonton, Calgary for sure, 1-2. Yeah. Okay. I haven't decided which one of those and is one or two yet. That's, that's completely fair. I yeah. think Calgary's better than they were a year ago. I really believe that. Now, some might say, well, you know, the, the thing with Calgary is there's been swings there where, oh, no, they got issues. Like, oh, I always love people that talk about, you know, good in the room. There's something going on. How the hell do you know? You're, <laughs> like, I, you know what I mean? Like, how do you know? Like, that, the, 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 oh, no, no, there's got to be something. I heard do you travel with the team? Are you around the team on a day-to-day basis? Like, even if you're, like, trust me, I've been doing it, and it's not like I'm not a perceptive guy. I'm not a smart guy, but I am fairly perceptive. <laughs> and so, um, you know, you can travel with the team and be around guys' data. You don't 100% know what's ever going on, right? But we've heard there's been, ah, there's friction in that Calgary. I I just look at Kadri going there and Uyghur going there, and to me that upgrades their team. I think so, too. I think in a playoff sense, right? And, and this is where we've seen Kadri maybe graduate from the guy who didn't have his head on tight enough to be able to succeed in the playoffs to somebody who I'm looking at as, as a leader on this Flames team. I think he should embrace that role. And if he does, look out for the Flames. That'll be an awesome series in the playoffs. Lindholm, Kadri, Backlund down the middle. Like yeah. Michael Backlund might have, in, in games three, four, and five against Edmonton, he might have been their best player. So, all right, uh, let's do it. The Edmonton Elks, uh, are they in it? Do you rebuild in the CFL? Like, you know, and I'm serious about this because what's the benefit? You're in a league where you need domestic players Mm -hmm. and you have the Canadian draft, but, you know, if, if... you don't really tank in the CFL. You should be able to, I mean, you have about 130 Division One NCAA programs, okay? And 75% of your starters come from, you know, they're, what do we call them now? International players? Yeah. Uh, they used to be called imports back in the day. And, uh, <laughs> and I just like, you should be able to find players out of the States, given the depth of that system. Um, but I don't know if there's any, are they, like, what do you, 
what do you think the thought process is? Because to me, it looks like there's there's too much player turnover. How much of this is injury related, and how much of this is partially the persona and the reputation of what Chris Jones has done before? I think earlier in the season, it was more attributable to injuries. I think now what we're seeing is Chris Jones trying to, to do what he can to keep this team above water right now. And they've got three wins on the season, and they've been in some games. And they've had some players flash. And I really do wonder what would have happened if Trey Ford would have been the guy this season because right there you've you've picked him eighth overall you transitioned him into the to the league and it looked like he was having uh not a seamless transition per se but certainly an easier one uh than we've seen some other quarterbacks have so there was a lot of excitement around that and then you lose him to a shoulder injury this is his last week on the six game injured list this will be eight straight starts now for taylor cornelius so i do wonder uh if they lose this game bob if they fall to to three and ten do you put the rookie quarterback in there and get some reps for him because at this point now I know what they've got in Taylor Cornelius and it's just not going to win them football games moving forward so do you rebuild yeah I think so and to me that's how you do it is you got to put the keys in, in Trey Ford's hands if he's healthy enough to have them so he's Canadian he's called a national yeah if you have him as your quarterback does that not mean you not you have to have a national to back him up from a ratio perspective in games. They do right now in Mike Beaudry. So I guess that would knock Taylor Cornelius back to the practice squad. The real backup quarterback here, Bob, is Kai Loxley, of course. He's playing slot back most of the time. And is he a national? He's an international. He's an an I mean, you look at BC, right? They ended up losing two Canadian quarterbacks. But that was a bit of their thought process, is their starter and their backup would both be Canadians, and then they could have, uh, you know, international players and other... I mean... We have we have old school. I, I'm sure the Don, who's a very clearly a guy of a certain age, would would remember when the Edmonton Eskimos at one time had three import offensive linemen, and and that was part of the reason why they could run the football so well in the early '70s, back in the days of Roy Bell. So it's just you know because what how many how many Canadian starters do you have to have currently in the CFL? Is it seven or eight? I think it's eight. Isn't it? They were going to drop it down to seven, okay. and that got squashed in the recent so, CBA. Okay. So what often used to happen is four of the five offensive linemen used to be Canadians. Okay? One, one or two of the slots would be Canadians. One of the linebackers or defensive linemen would be a Canadian, and then a safety would be a Canadian. Uh, you know, I've had this conversation over the years with Trent Brown because he, he played corner at the U of A, and started at safety, and his backup was always a safety, or a Canadian as well. And so it's just really intriguing. I mean, just like we talk about cap implications and salary cap in the hockey. And, um, so, you know, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be intrigued to see how the Elks sort of handle. They play 18 games. They got six left. Yeah, including this one uh, tomorrow. Yeah. They've got six. Okay. Yeah. What's and and they've lost Wilder. His career might be over. What do they have? What's the deal with Lawler right now? Yeah, Kenny's on the six-game injured list oh as well. It's uh, it's an ankle injury, and it's even more so frustrating because it happened on like a goal line play that he was out blocking for. It, just one of those things. Why was he in that position? I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's going to spend the whole six weeks on the IL, but. Uh, 
but it's obviously a lot better for Edmonton with him in the lineup. That said, though, last week, Dylan Mitchell, former Oregon Duck, who I thought was kind of a standout for their program during his time there, he looked great. Like, now that they're getting him the ball and almost forced to give him the ball in, in this sense, he had 76 receiving yards last week. That led the team on uh, on six receptions as well, and he's got an explosive nature to him. So there's a Division One product and, and a promising one at that brought in by Chris Jones. And then I'm looking at this Kevin Brown character who, l- let me tell you what school he came from in the FCS. It sounds like uh, something that is like a computer error, I've said. He's from the college Incarnate Word. You ever heard of that? I guess no. it's somewhere in Texas. Never Incarnate Word, right? So, oh, th- th- Incarnate World? Word? World? Is it... Wor- is it- I've got word here. Okay, we got we got Derek to look it up. <laughs> sure, but bottom line is okay. So this is a player that with with the burst and he's a, he's a running back, but you know not like James Wilder Jr. at six two or three two thirty. Kevin Brown's five nine two oh five. And when you look across the CFL right now at the style the style of running back, the size of running back that's succeeding, it's definitely skewed towards the smaller, more nimble guys. Sure. So the way that we saw Kevin Brown burst on 11 touches between the passing game and the running game in his first uh, in his first CFL game on Monday. 96 total yards, so he, he can get it done. Uh, Cactus Jack and uh, Derek has uh, verified this. It is Incarnate Word, not World. But Word. Uh, you know, I, I I did hear of that program about a year ago. Uh, I mean, it's pretty far down the food chain. I mean, Oregon got destroyed by Georgia last week. They got beat 49-3. Now, Georgia's the number two ranked team. Alabama's number one. Georgia's the defending national champs, but they lost eight defensive starters. Uh, and they beat Alabama in a game where Alabama's top two receivers uh, both suffered uh, season-ending ACL injuries. And and d- didn't Bo Nix transfer from Auburn to to, to Oregon. Oregon? He yeah. looked average. Ooh. He's you know what? He's been average his whole career. Like he's this, this, this transfer portal thing has changed everything. And I, I guess Brendan, I'm going to circle back to the CFL. Like. I, I do. I care about the CFL. The Edmonton Elks are a property of 6:30. Chad and Chorus. Uh, Chorus goes out of their way to facilitate really positive. Rel- I know this because I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, and I know how hard Chorus has worked over the years. I mean, the partnership's been. You know, I've done the games for. This is year 15 for me. Morley did them for 16 years before that, and I think for maybe three or four of those years, he was at uh, CHQT before they just threw their hands up in the air and or and and suddenly the rights were on Chad. So I know how much Chorus cares about the rights to to hockey and football. I am a little concerned with CFL, and one of the things that I'm concerned about is that there's no traction. I had this conversation with Cavis Reed, who used to be an Eskimo head coach. There's no traction with the player. There's no continuity with the players. You know what I mean? Like, we're hoping in Edmonton that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle play their entire career with the Edmonton Oilers. Who is the quarterback that they uh, traded this year to Ottawa? The guy's been on five CFL teams. Mm-hmm. And think about Vernon Adams, for example, another yeah. Oregon Duck right there. He's been on a bunch of teams. And, and so you either get these journeyman players in the CFL recently where they're they're bouncing around a ton. And you, there was a time when a guy like Kevin Glenn could do that and was still sort of a, a quarterback that everybody knew. But it seems to me that you're, you're exactly right. I was thinking of Arbuckle. That's always thinking of. Arbuckle, yeah. yeah. Um, I was just having this conversation with Cody in the back about how there's not really a lot of 
continuous star power for people to emotionally invest in. Like, it's one thing to try and invest in a game. you got to be able to invest in a player, in a hero. And in BC, we saw what that's like when you've got a Nathan Rourke and, and just yeah. how he, he was capturing the imaginations across the country. Yeah. Imagine if he stayed there and he played for, <laughs> for 10 years, right? right, instead of jumping over the border at the, at the next million-dollar opportunity. So Morley and Dave are doing the play-by-play. they got to know the team inside and out. That's their job. As a fan growing up watching the Eskimos, I could list the entire defense from the the, the you know the, the five in a row Grey Cup. Holloman and Hyba on the corner, Jones and Butler in the halves, uh, Lavarado and then Fred at safety. Uh, Dale Potter was my teacher in school. I had Potter and Towns as linebackers. Towns was a running back at the U of A, a fullback. Potter came out of Ottawa. Danny Ray Kepley was a middle linebacker. You had, you know the defensive line featured David Boone and Ron Este who are no longer with us, and Doctor Death, Dave Finnell, and uh, York Henschel, and guys like like the entire. I, I'm serious, Brendan. I, I, I've watched about half the games. I think I can maybe name five players. And I used to, off the top, like, I can still name that entire... And that's those guys were here for years and years and years. they got to change the rules so a national... An international player becomes a national in the CFL after six or seven years. Yeah, it, it seems. I, I know what do you other, think of that idea? Absolutely. They've got to find a way, again, if that's how you're going to keep somebody like a Kenny Lawler in the league and in this city for more than two years, more than three years. I just, it, it bothers me to think about the talent of Brandon Zilstra, for example, who had a good year as a rookie and then the, his sophomore season in the CFL, he had like just about 1,700 receivers receiving yards with Mike Riley. And where did he go? He went to the Carolina Panthers practice squad and you haven't heard about him in about three years since. Why? Why not just stay here and be that household name? You know, like how how do we find a a path to that? Do you know who's got Chuba Hubbard on their neg list? Calgary. Really? It, yeah, they drafted his rights, so it's still Calgary. which And that drives me crazy to think about too, of course. Like you look at the <laughs> analytics of him, and I could see him being a guy once he gets to that three-year threshold in the NFL where he could end up in the CFL. I wonder, too. And, uh, hey, the more college uh, standouts that we have with that Canadian background, the more likely we are to see those talents populating the the CFL. Okay, uh, quick hitter for you. What time is the pregame tomorrow? We're 4.30 tomorrow for the countdown, 6 o'clock game time from Commonwealth. Uh, there you go. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Peter from Wainwright says, I like changing guys to nationals if they've been around for three plus years. I I don't think that's long enough, but I'd say five, five years. I, I, why not? If they commit to a market and live in that city and we got a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of former Edmonton Eskimos players that came up from the States and stayed here the rest of their lives. But nobody recently enough that I can think of that's even really been with the team for five years. Yeah. Like even that is kind of an accomplishment. Uh, the, the fullback. Uh, Calvin McCarty? There you go. Yeah. There's one for you. Yep. Reed had him on the other night. Do you know what Reed's got on Inside Sports? I am not sure tonight. It's a it's a fluid show we'll tonight. For, fluid show. He will have some clips <laughs> from uh, Leon Treisettle and Jack Campbell. We will be back on Monday, uh, and Monday's show is fluid as well. We're gonna we are gonna hear from one of the Oilers players on Monday's show. I'm gonna tell you that right now. The Elks versus the Stamps in the Labor Day rematch. 4:30 countdown to the kickoff show. 6 p.m. game time from the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, a different Jack has texted us to say, Bob, I'm new to your show. 
I hear you're a college football fan. Do you have a prediction on Alabama-Texas game tomorrow? Uh, I'll say Bama by three touchdowns. Seriously. Texas program's in a little bit of hurt. Yeah, I think so, too. This Quinn Ewers kid that was supposed to be something special doesn't look like he's anything special at all. I don't know. (laughs) Hard to believe Texas was under Daryl Royal, who spent some time in Edmonton as a head coach of the Eskimos before he coached NCAA football. I mean, Texas was a powerhouse for years. Vince Young. I mean, Vince Young in 2005 even uh, with Mac Brown as coach when they upset USC when USC was unbelievable. What do you got tonight? Uh, You do have an update on Inside Sports. No? I was going to give you this day in Northern history. Oh, well, let's do that for you want that? travel. There you go. <laughs> let's go back. Uh, well, how about uh, 20 years to the day? Oilers signing 24-year-old forward Mike York, three-year contract, formed a, a formidable penalty kill duo with Todd Marchant, scored 51 points that season. York played one more year in Edmonton and then was traded to the Islanders for Mike Pekka after the 0405 lockout. Mike York was on the fly line with the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, Ronnie Lowe would have been the coach that time and it was Theron Fleury, Eric Lindros, and Mike York. And for me, Eric Lindros, and I know he's a contentious guy out there, a lot of people didn't love him. The Lindros family said they could not trust Marcel Lebu and the Quebec Nordiques. I think that that might have been fairly prophetic. And uh, Eric Lindros, you talked to the players that played against him in the mid to late 1990s. It was pretty damn good. Up next, the global news, weather, traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. Special thanks to uh, Derek Scott and uh, Brendan Escott for helping work on the show today. A reminder, Jalen and I today with the 6.30 Chet Afternoons, 3 to 6. Elks tomorrow, Labor Day rematch, 4.30, countdown to the kickoff show, 6 p.m. game time from the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium with Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, uh, Brendan Escott, and Blake Dermont. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody.